Hello everyone, Zingtober has officially begun. You got me, Zinger. You got me, Berg. And we are joined by a very out-of-this-world, very special guest. Very out-of-this-world and very mad with the science. Sir, introduce yourself. Hey everybody, I am uh, Chris Cogswell, host of the Mad Scientist podcast. And just I'm just, I'm just... Delighted to be here, guys. I, I, I love saying this. I'm so happy to be here. And we love having you on, sir. And I I don't think we've ever officially had you on for a UFO discussion. I don't think so, which is uh, kind of crazy. It, it is, but we have remedied that with today's episode. We will be discussing where we're at with disclosure because it's a lot to take in i feel you have your finger more on the pulse we're gonna go over some of our favorite ufo incidents that we want to pick your brain about and i think eric has a personal ufo experience he'd like to get your opinion on so that's what we have lined up for today so with that chris i will give you the floor where are we at as of the record of this 10 10 21 where are we at with disclosure? What does it look like? Explain you know, it to us. Just like with every year previous to this one, disclosure is just around the corner. <laughs> you know, still, I still have my disclosure 1995 t-shirt someplace and a child small. <laughs> disclosure for UFO believers and fans is the mythal. It's it's really the mythical point in time when the world's governments come out and say UFOs are real aliens exist we've been visited all of the UFO believers are extremely handsome and smart and and beautiful (laughs) and all of the skeptics have poop in their pants and we hate them that's really you know it's it's become almost a like it's I'm Obviously, being facetious there, I don't have poop in my pants. But (laughs) the basic idea is disclosure is it's the point where vindication happens for someone who believes in UFOs for a long time. And for some people, that might just be my experience that I had that was scary, that was kind of changed my worldview and all of my friends and family don't believe me and I don't want to talk about it and whatever that finally becomes real. And now I'm not crazy. I'm not making it up. I'm not, you know, whatever, all those negative things we think about. But for, for other people, disclosure really is sort of a, you know, it's, it's like the Messiah coming, you know, Mm. it's, it's like the world will change free energy technology will suddenly be allowed to be given to the people because the government knows about UFOs. We have been hiding their technology for decades. And so now they can give it out. and We don't have to worry about fossil fuels anymore or, you know, medical technology will move forward uh, a thousand years or we'll be able to travel the stars in our lifetime. So really, like, asking what disclosure means, it's a really loaded question. It's like asking what heaven looks like. It's not an easy... The only thing that disclosures have in common, 
from person to person or from even sect to sect within the UFO community is the gov some aspect of people in power admitting UFOs are real, aliens are real, and sort of vindicating uh, this person's lifelong belief in UFOs. So I, I guess the thing I want to say, I, I guess to establish like what each of us like thinks this, because because with you saying that you are correct, it is like there, there's different levels and different opinions on what disclosure would look like. For me, it's for some reason I get dragged into a room. There's a guy smoking and I can bar barely see his silhouette and he throws a file on the table and it's got every answer to every question I've ever had about UFOs. Very X-Files of you. Very, very. But, I mean, that's disclosure like for me. Like, is the government basically being like, Roswell, here's what happened. Um, Rendell's from Force, here's what actually happened. Like, that would be for me. And I know 100% we're not getting that. Instead, we're getting flying Tic Tacs in the, in the U.S. Navy being like, <laughs> yeah, we don't know what it was. So... I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing that gets me is I want to know about these incidents that have been covered up and like, what, what are you guys like opinions on this stuff that years ago you wouldn't talk about now? Will you talk about it? Okay. That's still not being talked about. Why? Like that would well, be the, disclosure for me to see. I don't know problem, about Eric and you. The problem with that is the government has come out and like talked about Roswell and said what, what they think it was. A dummy, and they've what they think it was. Well, so that's okay. See, <laughs> Quote unquote Eric, that's, thing. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the problem, right? Is you know, uh, there's kind of a joke that goes around in the skeptical community, and clearly, I'm more of a skeptic on this. But I like to think of myself as sort of a hopeful skeptic. I'm, you know, like if there was like a D and D chart of like skeptics, I like to my think. I like to think of myself as like chaotic good generally about mm. this stuff but you know if the government came out and said listen roswell was the russians sending some prisoners of war in test rockets and they landed here mm. the nha comes theory we would not we most ufo people would not believe that no, I mean, that's that's what was in the Area 51 book written by Annie Jacobs. Like, that was basically what they claimed it was. And everybody I've talked to is like, oh, that book's crazy. That that woman's crazy. Well, she doesn't I, know what she's talking about. And I'm like, I find it the most believable, if that makes any sense. Well, the, so the government has said that Roswell was like a test rocket, mm -hmm. basically. That they had to hide because they were worried about the Russians. You know, it, was, it was a test. It was a test flight, essentially. Um, and even like, even say like the, the Tic Tac, uh, event or the go faster gimbler, these other, you know, whatever these videos, the government has come out and basically said like, yeah, we, we took these videos. We don't really know what they are, but you know, we think that they're probably adversarial, you know, weapon systems or, or surveillance systems. And that, but that has not stopped the kind of mythology from percolating. So disclosure, like what you're saying, disclosure of the government coming out and saying, this is what we think this was, or this is what, you know, we can now talk about these things that kind of already has happened. The kind of, it kind of does, you know, the internet has made it a lot harder for the government to like hide stuff. I mean, we have people in, you know, there are diplomats in different countries now, basically going through sort of a, 
Salem witch trial level of hysteria and feeling like they're getting ill or hurt or whatever. Oh, and it's all man. over the news. Like the government can't really hide, can't keep secrets really anymore. Yeah. You know, we know, we know what happens on the president's phone calls before people in the white house do in some cases because of the, because of how good the media has been uh, on getting infiltrated into these places. So it's not, you know, People act like we're living in, I don't know, like we're living in China or North Korea or something with the way that the media is controlled. Our, our media is, yes, you know, played by, uh, our media is definitely played by financial interests and everything else like any other business. But that is different than the media actively trying to cover up the existence of aliens for some, you know, for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I totally believe the report I saw where Biden was riding a unicorn and he is the greatest leader of all time and everything that definitely happened shirtless. I, yeah, I, I saw care. these. I saw the cell phone video and everything. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Just awesome. like on the just like on the north lawn of the White House, just shirtless riding unicorn. <laughs> yes. But beside beside the unicorn lair, that's totally under the White House. Um, Eric. <laughs> In your opinion, what 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 is disclosure to you? Since we're each going to give our, I guess, vague answers, and I'm of course going to be the one that is pointed out as we've already had that. It's just not that interesting. <laughs> you would actually have uh, Betty and Barney Hill walk out, not as they were when they died, but like when they when their incident, when their alleged abduction happened. You'd have them walk out, and because they were abducted by aliens, like you know, a month ago in their time, but then they came back and they're like, "Yeah, we're here. We we've, we've actually haven't aged that much because we've been with the aliens who abducted us." That kind of stuff, like that. Uh, no, seriously though, I I think that like, yeah, I mean, they are acknowledging in the past couple of years, hey, there are things we we can't explain, um, but I still think just just like we were discussing, it's come out as, oh, these might be advanced surveillance weapon systems, but like I kind of want there to be more. I want there to be more. It's the life aspect, because there are plenty of atmospheric conditions we still can't really explain. There are plenty of things that other countries have that we probably don't know about, that kind of stuff like that, but I, I think you have to get to the life, or at least the intelligence aspect of it. Like, hey, we have concrete proof we have been in contact we have something that there is life not just like micros but like intelligent life out there like that's that i think is the disclosure part it doesn't matter if they're getting here on like giant tic tacs it doesn't matter if they're getting there on flying unicorns from the white house um i think it's that actual life aspect intelligent life aspect that that's that to me is full disclosure like there is other intelligence out there 100% confirmed. Well, Eric, not to put you on the spot here, but there's also the whole, and this is just me having my vaguely finger on the pulse of this scenario. Uh, there's the ultra terrestrial theory where like there's other life that has existed on earth this entire time and has been sure. hiding from us. Right. Oh, oh yeah. Like little pocket dimensions or somehow they can fade. It's like Hogwarts where it's like in reality, but you kind of have to be a magic user to get there. Like, like that, yes. Or or Bigfoot that only comes here to use the bathroom and then blurry True. photos its way out of our universe to leave. <laughs> um, Chris, what what about you? Where I mean, you 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 kind of explained, but where are your personal thoughts on disclosure? And what would you? How how would you like to see it happen? For me, disclosure would have to be 
what the part of the UFO subject that I'm most interested in is the government corruption part. And the part where the government has had weird investigations and weird investigative groups for decades that we know really existed. And so, like, I would want to know, why the hell did the government get into bed with Bob Bigelow? Oh. Why did the government, and for those that don't know, listening to this, Bigelow, Bob Bigelow is this, originally he was a, uh, originally was a carpet salesman, actually. His family uh, produced carpets that went into casinos. And then uh, became kind of a real estate developer, became a hotel magnet, and then now has sort of an aerospace company that rents patents or buys old discarded NASA patents and tries to turn them into things. But in the 90s and the 2000s and then really the late 90s, early 2000s, and then kind of till today, he has run various UFO and sort of consciousness study groups. He's funded them because he's very wealthy. So he's funded these sorts of projects. And so at the center of all this UFO stuff we're talking about, if it's happened in the last 20 to 30 years, somewhere in there, Bob Bigelow has got his finger. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to know what was going on with that. I would like to know how did this ATIP program get funded in the first place? What were the reasons they thought that that should exist? And if it's just corruption, which is sort of what I believe... That's a valid answer, but I would like I would like that answer. I would like to know. Because the the reason that I'm interested in this in the first place is because the UFO subject and all of these subjects, all you know, we're like the ultra terrestrial hypothesis that we're talking about or just before, these are really old ideas and they just cycle back and forth over time. And that's why disclosure never happens. Because even if you think even if the government came out and said that there were aliens in space that we have been talking to, someone on a Reddit forum would start a movement of people <laughs> who believe that there are, you know, eight dimensional ultra terrestrials who are really piloting the UFOs or, you know, what, whatever. Because it's, it's not, it has nothing to do with really the physical evidence. It has nothing to do with that. Because if it did, we would have we we would already have answers. Because it's you know physical evidence is a. I mean, again, we we people who have tried to study UFOs have come up with a lot of lame excuses for why their machines never work. It's kind of like ghost hunting, you know. Mm-hmm. The camera always shuts off just as the full-bodied apparition walks in the frame. The batteries you know, because, go dead out of nowhere, right? And it's and that's because a lot of those a lot of the investigations are happening like on the History Channel, and it would really, it would be bad for the History Channel if they caught a ghost on camera because, yeah, that one episode might do really well, but then what do you do afterwards? <laughs> you know, True. ghost Ghost Adventures is already it's done now. They found a ghost, or you know, hunting Bigfoot has found Bigfoot. Now what does Bobo do? <laughs> He's gonna go back to Whitland? No way. Heck, they no. gotta keep hunting them. So it's it is really one of those uh, it's one of those kind of conundrums, and it's a thing that we, you know, again, like even technological 
you know, teams that are putting together telescopes and whatever to look for UFOs, they're they're not really looking for UFOs. In, in some ways, they're making, you know, they're building a telescope to look for God. They're they're looking for this mythical higher intelligence that is going to solve all of our problems, and th- and that's just not going to happen. Also, I love that there was an inadvertent reference to a Futurama episode right now because that was a premise for a Futurama episode was somebody building a telescope to look for God. That's it's, exactly what I thought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Futurama, Futurama is a very smart show, uh, as you guys know. Yes. Um, and the telescope to look for God um, is actually a, a, a relatively well-tread... Um, what's the word? Um, yeah, anyways. So it's a well-tread... Uh, I don't even know what the word is. Analogy, I guess. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Fable, parable, meme. whatever. Meme? Is, is meme. that the key? Yeah, it's a meme. These days. It's a, f- a fancy <laughs> academic meme. <laughs> no, I, 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 no, I mean, you, you said that and it instantly popped in my head. I'm like, oh, yeah, they did have an episode on that. So, um, Also, with the UFO thing, one of the best episodes is the Roswell episode where, they actu- where Bender actually turns out to be the crashed UFO. Um. On also that, a very good episode. Yeah, f- fantastic episode. Well-deserved. It, it, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, that one won several Emmys, which, well-deserved. Great. Futurama is an underrated show, and I feel like we've done an episode on on Zygnus, but I feel like one episode is never enough. And yes, that, that writing team had doctorates and everything else in math and science and all this stuff. Over The most overqualified team of writers ever. Um, using that to segue this, so um, me... And Eric, and I'm assuming yourself as well, Chris, have all picked a UFO sighting or incident that we want to kind of bring up and discuss. Uh, Eric, would you like to go first with yours? Sure. Okay. I've talked about this on... I did talk about this on an episode, I think, at one point. But if not, um, for the people who haven't heard it or for you, uh, Chris, whatever. So here here we go. So I was in third grade. So this oh, is okay. Like so you're doing. I, I meant our favorite UFO sightings. Uh, I'm sorry. Your your audio kind of blacked out. And I thought you were talking about. Sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, you can do that now if you want. I was just gonna bring up our favorites. I want. Oh. I want to hear. I want to hear the UFO experience. <laughs> okay. I, I, we were gonna All give right. it to you, but I was gonna save that for for the closer. But go ahead, Eric. Go ahead. We All we, right. we so, built this up. There we go. Okay. So this is like 92, 93. I was like right after school. I was out back with my dog. Baggy pants. Bright, what was that? Baggy pants, right? It <laughs> yeah, was, baggy it was pants. the 90s. <laughs> I thought you said just wearing pants. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was wearing pants. <laughs> uh, no, this was early 90s. So it was, oh, yeah, I guess. We're, anyway, we're getting off the subject. Uh, <laughs> so I was out back with my dog. Afternoon, bright, sunny, cloudless day. And I looked up, and in the sky was a perfectly round, perfectly black circle dark just black there was nothing reflecting off of it anything the only the only other feature was out of the side were two small they looked almost like plane wings sticking out of the side but that I guess that's my best description in, in i don't know how far up it was but in from where i was on the ground it was about the size of a quarter size of a quarter two small wings sticking out of the side completely black no reflection no sound nothing flying overhead but I can still clear as day see this thing flying across the sky. And I mean, it was 93. I was nine years old. I had no cell phone camera or cell phone or anything. I had no camera period to take a picture with. 
but I very clearly saw this thing fly overhead. It just flew, and it wasn't even like a quick little blip, just flew right overhead. No idea what it was, and to this day, I can still see it in my mind. So, Chris, in your expertise, what do you make of that story? Well, okay, so first off, the the one thing I always say with any of these is... How drunk okay. were you? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, how drunk See, I did have you? a lot of juice boxes, so... <laughs> so. Well, okay, so one thing I'd say is it's... It doesn't really matter, like, like for, for your experience, right? It doesn't really matter what I think it was because you experienced it. And I, I don't know what you experienced. So it's like having somebody tell you not to be afraid after a nightmare sure. <laughs> or, you know, not, not to be afraid of a phobia well, you, you know, like, yeah, us watching Maury, seeing the lady freak out because they're bringing out pickles or whatever. <laughs> we're like, you know, that, well, yeah, whatever. Like, pickles aren't scary. But to her, something, you know, I don't know, it makes her flight or fight or flight response happen. And so she's super freaked out. What I would say, though, is, in my, in my opinion, so first off, what, where, where do you live? Uh, when this was taking place and this is where, this is where, these are the things I thought of. I lived in Western Virginia, like two hours, uh, two and a half hours South of DC, you know, about an hour or so East of the West Virginia military base is about a a couple few hours West of the, uh, the coastal in Virginia, Norfolk and all of those places that have all sorts of rocket launches. (laughs) Sure. But uh, also in an area with loads of aerospace companies. Is there right? Somewhere? I mean, I, I guess. I get well. I, I guess not. In I'm trying to think if there are any around here. I guess there are maybe a couple closer to DC. Yeah. I so yeah. So I I know at least in the DC area you have you literally have a company called the Aerospace Company. <laughs> um, that's all over Virginia, but also like all of the government labs, all of the air force labs, all of those other kind of testing sites are scattered all across Virginia, yeah. um, and Maryland. And then, but mostly in Virginia, actually, I think probably cause Virginia has better taxes than, than Maryland. Right. Sounds about right. Uh, but there's all, but a lot of those tend to cluster near DC. But so I'm wondering, first off, what I'm wondering is, what kind of flight patterns do those maybe have in the area? Right. That's, um, that's the one thing. Yeah. The other thing would be, could it have been, have you ever seen a drone fly? I have. Um, I didn't know how prominent those were in, in 92, 93, but. So you'd, you'd be surprised actually. So drones, like drone technology has been around since like the eighties, hmm. at least for the military and kind of companies. Ooh. Right. So those have been around for a long, long time. Um, Really, a lot longer than we think it has been, um, really. So the circle is like a weird shape, but I'm wondering if, you know, so I I don't, again, I don't really know what you've, what you saw. Right. right? I I can't know what you saw. Um, But it sounds like it might have been something physical potentially 
did you feel anything? No. In the you just kind of saw it and were like, that's weird. And the one thing that I so in the city that I grew up in, there is a tiny little airport, like one of those airports that's like, you know, for little prop planes, that kind of stuff like that, hobbyists. And I live maybe like a mile, mile and a half from it. And I was used to seeing planes take off from there as well as um, seeing them just kind of fly around. And they always made noise. So even if I was inside, I just, and it made me think of it earlier when you were saying you hear the plane flying over, you could hear these little planes flying over. And the one thing I distinctly remember was there was no sound at all. That's one thing I, to this day, can still remember. It was like, if I if that had been an airplane, like a little tiny airplane flying over, you would have heard it. But I just remember this little thing flying over and it being just completely silent. Mm. So, um, so one of the things or one type of drone that's pretty f- sort of infamous, I guess, is what's known as a portable drone. Mm-hmm. These are they look like basically like black circles, but they have little kind of appendages on the sides <laughs> interesting um, they the most famous one is the honeywell rq16t hawk it's a um these were deployed in iraq um but i don't know i don't know when they were first developed i don't know if they were being tested or whatever hmm. but essentially like i'll here i'll send you the let me send you the wikipedia page quick um here on the in discord here um these sorts of drones are, again, basically what they are. They're gasoline powered. They use, um, they're, they're used for like surveillance, for military surveillance. So they're supposed to be very quiet, right? They're also not that big. Um, so they're not very well, like, they're not very well, uh, what's the word? They're not very well, sort of, uh, you know, uh, they're not going to be heard very well. And Honeywell, the company that makes it, has facilities near, like, Greensboro, North Carolina, Mm. um, Petersburg, Virginia, like, more south and west um, than the other ones. They also obviously have places up in the north, too, like, near D.C. and whatever. But there's Honeywells all over the place, right? There's Honeywell Honeywell Corporation stuff everywhere, you know? Yeah. so I'm kind of wondering, maybe you saw something like that, like a surveillance backpack drone. Yeah, that, you know, and it's entirely possible. I know that um, there are a lot of people who will, um, they'll take off from that airport I was talking about and they'll take like aerial photos and stuff like that. I actually remember in City Hall, uh, there was this giant aerial picture of the city that used to be in like the lobby. I just remember whenever my mom would have to like stop by to like, you know, pay property taxes or whatever, we'd go by to drop it off. And I'd always want to like stay in the lobby and look at this giant picture. And I know a lot of those kind of things were launched or would take off from that airport. Mm. So entirely possible. Maybe. I mean, but again, like this is us. This is me saying like, well, maybe it was a drone, right? Like, I don't know. Right. And the thing is too, your experience, here, the other problem with this is it's sort of like, you know, you people get into these weird sort of situations where, like, for example, if you talk to a, if you talk to a really hardened skeptic, their worldview doesn't allow for UFOs to exist in the first place. Sure. 
So it's not. It's like not even a thing that. <clears throat> it's like trying to talk about color to somebody who's colorblind. Really colorblind. How do you describe trying to talk blue. about a cell? Trying to explain a cell phone to somebody who's who lived like a thousand years ago. Right. The concept just doesn't even cross their mind. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So. For some people, right, my my take always is you need to rule out the most likely explanations first before you jump to the kind of really, you know, out there stuff. Right. Because I don't know. Because, again, though, I've had people tell me stories that don't make sense, that just don't logically make sense. We had a kid on our show talk about his experiences with uh, abduction and – you know, be giving stories about when he was a kid, his parents had to put locks on his windows and doors because he would wake he would wake up in the morning outside his house, hmm. and, he, and no one knew how he got out. That's weird. that kind of, that kind of stuff. Like yeah, again, we're trusting that this guy is telling the truth, and people listening, you know, if you're more of a skeptical skeptically inclined person, you might say, well, he's lying. But I mean, he came on the show. He didn't give his name. He was talking to us, uh, uh, basically talking to a social worker before coming on about his experiences to try to get over the trauma of it. You know, this isn't somebody who's just making up. I, I don't think this is somebody just making up something for, right. for money or for fame or whatever. Cause he's never, again, I, I don't even know where he lives. I mean, I know where, I know where he lived. I have a general idea of him. I, we did enough background checking to know, but you know, this isn't somebody giving out their name for book deals. Yeah. Um, so it's it's hard, man. I mean, you might have seen a UFO. You might have seen a drone. Either way, you, you saw might. something weird. It's that's true. Cool. And, and that's the thing, too. Like, as much as I say I can see this clearly, it's that was almost 30 years ago. So obviously time, even your most fond memories yes. can cloud, can do, even if it's something you thought of every day. Like, if we were able to go back in time to that moment, I might be see it and be like, oh, now that I'm seeing it with my late 30s eyes, I can clearly see that was uh, maybe there was, you know, a reflection or, oh, maybe there was that little bit of a, a whirring of a motor or something like that. Yeah. So so I, who knows? And like the way I'm seeing it in my mind, I still feel like it's a pretty accurate picture. But again, I don't know how 30 years of, of time passing could affect that. I'm a, I'm a person who. I'm a person who has always had very vivid nightmares and dreams and uh, just very active, almost overactive imagination. And I have a lot of memory memories, quote unquote memories from when I was a kid that I know were dreams, you know, but I remember right. them. I remember them vividly because they were vivid dreams. You know, Do you guys remember those spiders from Jumanji? Yeah. When he's like stuck in the floor or whatever. Mm -hmm. I had a nightmare one night that it's, I still remember it was these, I was laying in my bed. I was, I couldn't move out of the bed. I was kind of, you know, like a sleep paralysis sort of thing. And those spiders were crawling up my bed. Ugh. Um, you know, that was a dream. It didn't really happen to me, but dude, I am still affected by that. That's a Terry, you know, it's a very scary, terrifying experience. Oh, sure. And again, does it matter if the event was real? If the trauma is real, does it matter? You know, you watch a movie and a movie makes you cry. I cry at movies all the time. Now I'm like a big baby, <laughs> you know, I, I, um, 
if it you know it makes you cry and then you're upset afterwards, that piece of media that that this thing that isn't real made you have a real emotion. That is real. That emotion is real. That that psychological, physiological response that happened is real. And so, I think it's bullshit. For can I curse? Yeah, go for it. Oh, ass bullshit poop. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's I think it's bullshit to have a skeptic or somebody come forward and say, and not really even a skeptic, like a debunker or just someone cynical and mean and whatever come forward and say, you know, well that, you know, well, you shouldn't even be afraid of that because it didn't happen or whatever. Like that's, that's stupid. You know, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, I'm sure has seen a scary TV show when he was a kid and he's still, you know, I'm sure Neil deGrasse Tyson still runs up the stairs to his basement (laughs) to uh, turn the light on. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I knew we would get down to taking down Neil deGrasse Tyson at some point about his fear of his basement. Um, <laughs> take him down at some point here. I, I, I guess I'll throw mine out there real quick. I know I've I know I've told it before, but it's just from what you just said. I'm like maybe I should tell mine because I mine is m- more mundane. It's the aftermath that gets me more of what happened. So, 2006. I w- it was around April. I was driving. Me, me and my buddies have been hanging out at one of our friends' houses. It was about 2:10 in the morning, and we were driving home. Well, they were in two separate cars going in a different direction than me, and we were about five miles apart on the road. Well, at about like I said, 2:08, ish, somewhere in that area, uh, I saw a bright flash in the sky. Like, I just saw something in the sky, and then there was a flash, and there was nothing. So I was like, oh, was that a flare or something? So I turn around in my car, drive back down, because I was going up the side of a mountain. So I was like, maybe it was a flare or something. Didn't see anything on the mountain. Kind of shrugged. Drove home. Didn't even think about it. Next day, me and one of the other guys are hanging out, and they point out. They're like, oh, I saw it too. And we're both like, whoa, that's weird. So we discuss it with our third friend didn't tell him we saw anything but just said hey did you see anything weird last night when you were driving home and he goes yeah and he describes the exact same thing bright flash in the sky then nothing so we kind of all were like oh we must see a ufo and then kind of left it alone well about a week later my grandparents were in town and my grandfather is retired navy officer And my mom just pointed out, she's like, oh, hey, you saw something weird the other week. So I was telling my grandmother about it. My grandfather walks in during the conversation and goes, oh, you saw a rocket launch. It was like a rocket launch at 2 a.m. And he goes, that must have been what you saw. You you didn't see anything. And I was like, okay. Like, it's kind of weird at 2 a.m. And he goes, well, then you were like seeing swamp gas or something. He goes, you definitely didn't see something, though, of any material. So he goes... You should just drop it and stop telling everyone these stories. Uh. Needless to say, what do I think I saw that night? Probably a meteor. I, I It's one of those things I don't put a lot of emphasis on what I saw that night. Because like I said, I just saw a flash. No clue. Could have been a meteor. Could have been anything. It's the response from my grandfather of... I'm making every excuse and then saying swamp gas and then basically being like, you shouldn't go around telling people you saw this stuff. Sounds like your grandpa saw something maybe. I, and, the, <laughs> and the thing that stinks is this. I never had the guts to talk to him about it. Ah, uh, damn dude. 
And he is still alive, but he is suffering from dementia. Mm. So it would, I could probably talk to him about it, but there is a shot in the dark. He's going to know what I'm talking about or going to have any reference to it. There was Uh, one time I was sitting there talking to him and he was telling me about a uh, paper he wrote on Amelia Earhart in high school. Like perfectly describing, like almost like told me about it verbatim. Could not remember my name though. But he remembered all that. And it's one of those things I always wanted to ask. I've kind of hinted at my mom and at my grandmother about it. And they just kind of shrug. And he's like, and they're like, he grew up in a time where like talking about that was not a thing you did too. Like he was in the military when it was, you don't talk about that. That gets you grounded. That gets you, you know, a desk job. Yeah. Blacklisted. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, he probably just was trying to wave you off with that. And I, and I even said, I'm like, I 100% don't believe I saw anything out of this. Well, out of this world in the sense of media or something like that. Do I believe I had, you know, little green men or something up in a ship watching me? No, because I really hope they had better things to do than that. But the response I got from him is the part that I'm like, that's weird. So I don't know if you have anything else you wanted to say. on that. I just like pointing out that story every now and then. Well, you know, I'll, I guess I'll tell, I guess I'll tell two stories. All right. So one is, so my, my grandma, my grandma had a very similar response to, uh, to gypsies for some reason. Mm. My mom, my mom was writing a book and writing like a short story, I guess, more than a book. And in, in the book, she wanted to talk about gypsies and she was hoping to kind of, you know, base it on. So my, my mom grew up in Italy before they moved here to the, to the United States when she was like. 13 and or, or a little bit younger than that but and my grandma grew up in in croatia back when it was yugoslavia kind of near zagreb and so my grandma always had very uh my grandma was very kind of cagey about growing up and and t- talking about it i think because frankly it was a very traumatic time in europe when that she grew up during and especially in that part of the world where there were these sort of con- and sort of civil war and whatever. But anyways, but my mom, the only time my grandma ever like fully shut my mom down asking questions was my mom was like, oh, can we uh, like, what, what do you remember about the gypsy families in your area? And my grandma was like, we don't talk about them. Hmm. And it was like, what the, what kind of Borat shit is this? <laughs> like my grandma was like, no, 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 no. Like it was just very strange. Like what, what the heck grandma? These are just people that are like, you know, whatever. Anyways. But, um, but so, okay, my experience when I was a kid, besides like the, you know, nightmare spiders and whatever, I remember, and I, I thought that I had been, um, I thought that I had a UFO experience. I I thought like I had a, maybe even a, a, like a close encounter experience. Um, so I was, uh, my parents slept, my parents were pre-divorce, but like not friends. (laughs) <laughs> so they were living uh, or sleeping kind of in two separate bedrooms. And so one of the bedrooms was on the uh, one of the bedrooms was on the our, our, so we had a hallway that connected all the bedrooms. And at the terminal end of the hallway was a bathroom. And that bathroom had one little window that looked outside. And then 
if you came out of that bathroom and looked to the left, that was where the bedrooms were. And that's where my, like, that's where my dad's room was. And then you'd go down the hallway a little bit more. And then that's where my room was on the left. And then you'd go down the hallway a little bit more. And then on that terminal side was where my mom's bedroom was. Does that kind of make sense? I'm explaining it really badly. It it makes enough sense for, for vague visual. All right, so looking, so from my dad's bed, you could look out into the hallway and the bathroom would be on the right-hand side, right? You couldn't see the bathroom because there was a doorway there, but, like, that's where the bathroom would have been. One night, it was, like, it it was, like, 2 a.m. It was late. It was very late, and I got freaked out by a dream or something, and I was, like, I'm going to go into my dad's room and watch TV. And so I went out and I was sitting at the end of my dad's bed and I was eating out of one of those popcorn tins that has like the three flavors. Ooh. I was sitting there. Yeah, good, good stuff, right? Sitting there eating, I'm sure, all of the caramel corn out of it. Watching TV, probably watching something I shouldn't have been watching, something scary or whatever. And I remember suddenly out of the corner of my eye, I noticed kind of like a glow. Coming from the hallway. Ooh. And I was like, what, what is that? So I look at the hallway and there are, there's like a green, like a green, at first it's translucent and then it kind of solidifies. It looks like towards the edges. And I thought something was coming in and looking at me or was going to come in and look at me. Mr. Burns. And I, <laughs> and, and so that's and that's all I remember. That's all I remember. I remember being super freaked out. There was this green glow. I thought something was going to look at me or come see me or whatever. Got super scared, and that that's all I remember. I, I don't really remember what happened afterwards or whatever. I don't remember anything else after that. <sighs> As some- and I've had other I've had other experiences like that with like glowing things scaring me like I, I my uncle's house once i remember in a hallway that he had um a kind of like a glowing white thing that i i later on kind of in my own head simplified to be like oh, it was a bird it was like a dove or whatever because i thought it was you know i was like i don't know is it religious or whatever I, I don't know what the hell i was thinking as a again an adult like 10 year old kid but later on when i asked my mom about that especially the one at my uncle's house she was like well you know, there was a time at your uncle's house that you had like a really terrible fever. <laughs> and so maybe, you know, and I was like, oh, maybe I was just hallucinating, you know? And when I was a kid, I had really bad fevers all the time. So I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know what the event was. I don't know what's, you know, but when I was a kid, I was terrified. And I, I thought 100%, I was like, I, like, I don't know if I should tell anybody about this because it's very scary and whatever. And, you know, but yeah, man. I, I don't know. We all have weird experiences, dude. That's the other thing that's is so interesting about all of this is if you – we are three – okay, we're a little bit of like a biased group here because we yeah. all do like podcasts and we're all into horror and sci-fi and whatever. But, I, you know, in my experience, I have never met somebody who I've asked, have you ever had anything weird happen to you? I, I guess I've, I've met – they are in the far minority yeah. is what I'll say. They're in the far minority of people who will claim to have never had a weird experience or a frightening experience in that kind of spooky way. 
I think it's just a part of human experience that we don't we don't really talk about because we are, you know, we're we're afraid. Like I think Zeng, like your grandpa probably was or is, you know, afraid of being called a kook. Yeah, afraid of being grounded for you know, oh well, you're you know you you saw something and that's something we don't talk about. Exactly. Sort of yeah. Because I I know from a ton of books and stuff and documentaries that officers or people who were pilots like that's just something you clam up about you never speak about because they will ground you instantly and you'll basically right. be shunned forever and like i said somebody also pointed out that like what if your grandfather was somebody that went to people and told them to you know hey you might want to clam yeah, up man. and i'm like i don't i'm like I know him as my grandfather. I know he had a military career. I know he was an officer, but I can't imagine him as anything other than my grandfather. So I, I can definitely see it. <laughs> Super interesting, man. It, but it's one of those things. Like I said, I just, I one time do want to <laughs> ask him just to be like, maybe, cause I don't know. I, I said that one day I got that full story about him writing that Amelia Earhart um essay for in in high school like perfectly remembered everything about it could not remember my name after that though so i'm like i I don't know what i could get out of him if i talked to him about it so you should definitely ask him though man i mean it doesn't hurt to ask you know what i mean yeah i mean and like i said my mother and grandmother both kind of shrugged about and they're like man that's that was the times those were the way they handled that um what i do want to get into real quick though I mean, not real quick. We're probably going to take another hour on this. Who knows? Uh, Our favorite UFO sighting. Since we got sidetracked, which apparently we all had stories, and I do agree with you, Chris, (laughs) it seems like everyone you do talk to does have like, oh, I've never had anything weird happen to me, except for there was this one time, and it's every time, every time I've spoken to somebody, it's always, oh, I've never had anything weird, and then they proceed to tell me the weirdest story I have ever heard. Yes. Every single time. Every Every single single time. time. Um, so I, I, I got my favorite UFO sighting. I want to kind of bring up, uh, Chris, do you have one that you would like to bring to the table? Yeah, I feel like I've talked a lot. I want to hear your guys' favorites. All right, cool. Um, I'm going to go first, Eric, since if if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. All right. Um, the one I want to bring up is ironically from the year of my sighting. I use big quotations because I said I, as somebody who loves UFOs, I won't, I did see an unidentified object in the sky, but not, you know, something out there. But this incident is something I am very interested in. The O'Hare UFO sighting in 2006. If you are not familiar with this, I will give a brief breakdown. For I am the not listener, interested. For the listeners and for, I guess, Eric, I'm sure Chris is familiar <laughs> with it to an extent. Um, the city, the city of Chicago is not known for being a hotbed of UFO activity at the time of the writing of this article. I'm just kind of going over an article because I know they've had Mothman sightings and stuff like that, but the O'Hare airport is home to one of the most publicized sightings of all time. A saucer like object was spotted over Concord C of the United terminal in November of 2006 by pilots, airline management, and mechanics. Um, it was first seen by a United ramp worker around 4.30 p.m. So kind of rush hour time. Like this is prime time for all this stuff to, for like multiple witnesses to see it. After that, various witnesses said they saw a dark gray object six to, from 6 to 
42 feet in diameter, said that it was apparently appeared as a spinning frisbee while the object is said to that it was not rotating at all. So it looked like a frisbee that was just sitting there in the air. Uh, the object was allegedly silent. So there you go, Eric. And uh, appeared to be just below the 1,900-foot cloud deck that was over the, over the airport until... Mm. It shot off through the clouds, leaving a perfectly circular hole in the clouds. Now, of course, multiple people saw this, uh, including a manager at Concord B, ran outside the office after hearing the reports about the sighting and saw over the frequencies at the airports. This was something they were talking about on like the ground, going over the radios and everything. Um, and... All this stuff. Like, there was multiple reports. Multiple people saw this. And it was funny because I was talking to Ellie before he did this record. And she's like, oh, there must be some great pictures. I'm like, I have never heard of a picture from this incident. Hmm. But it's something that multiple people saw. And it's 2006. So, camera phones were... If if there was a picture of this, it probably looks like garbage. But the thing was that they said that everyone saw the hole in the cloud afterwards. Like, this perfectly punched hole through the clouds. Uh, if you are a fan of the UFO Hunters, this is also going way back, TV show, they covered this. And this is always an incident that I find fascinating because there's so many people that saw it and it was very much talked about by air traffic controllers and people who are like, at the time, no one talked about this stuff, but they all were very open about seeing it. And it was basically kind of put up as a meteorological phenomenon that's all everyone saw apparently and if i remember which correctly, doesn't make a lick of damn sense no it does not which the <laughs> for, other for thing multiple reasons. the other thing was apparently if i remember correctly i'm trying to find it in this article i think they diverted some planes and stuff away from hmm. that terminal during this t- during the time it was seen so um chris are you familiar with this sighting at all so i'm i'm familiar I honestly have not done a whole lot of uh, looking into it personally. I think that the most the most frustrating part of it is that, yeah, like you said, they sort of. I mean, this is sort of a perfect. This is the this is like the kind of UFO case you hope will happen. Yeah, there are multiple witnesses who are well familiar with aircraft. Um, multiple witnesses, not even at the same place either. Yeah. Because there was a, there were, there were like, I think there was like, what, like a dozen or so witnesses at the airport itself. But then there was also a witness uh, off the airport, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Another thing it just says in the statement is uh, the thing was hovering over Chicago O'Hare Airport at rush hour. A lot of people saw it, and the government has never said a word about it. Mm. You know, and so, th- and that's, I think, a really frustrating, that's a really frustrating part of it. it or, so that part that it, it was so uh, primed for there to be someone to see something, mm-hmm. you know, that's a really big, I think, important part of this that people clearly were. What's the word? This is the again a case where you'd expect there to be a lot more people that saw it. Yeah, I don't know if anyone has ever actually done. I don't think if anyone has ever actually done any further investigation though into like. Were there other witnesses outside of the, outside of say like the ones that we know of already? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? 
Because if there were loads of witnesses like outside, I know Narcap did an investigation of it. Um, but I've I've actually never read that one. Um, but I'm gonna have to actually. I'm gonna have to grab it here. But it, it's very interesting. I think that the again the government would come out and just simply say this is a weather phenomena. But what weather phenomena is like that? Yeah, what weather phenomena punches yeah. a hole through a cloud bank out of nowhere? After right. creating a, a a circular disc. Just sitting there. Right. It's it's just, you know, and that's, I think, probably the most, that's one thing that I, again, we're getting back to disclosure. That's one part of this that creates for people, like, people, people there's a, a famous quote that's like, you know, never, uh, what is it, never... Basically, never assume something is someone being evil when it could just be that they're being lazy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and this is a perfect example of that. Like this, this person at the FAA is probably just like, "Get this off my desk, dude." You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether I don't know, it was it was a it was a weird cloud. I don't know what to tell you. Like, what is this guy at the FAA supposed to say? It's an alien, and then he gets fired, or you know, people ridicule him or whatever. Like, this guy just wants to get you know. This guy just wants to get home and watch uh, watch Conan. You know what I mean? He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't give a crap about aliens or whatever. So it's – but it's such a frustration though for people who think there really was something because, you know, um, it looks like it's a cover-up. It looks like it's something negative and whatever. But again, it could just be people being dumb and lazy. But that's what that's what creates this sort of mythology in the first place, right, is there's a real event that happens. And even if it was – if the FAA had mm, – it makes you wonder if the military at Roswell had just said, listen, we don't know what happened. We don't know. We're Would it have been a thing? Would it have been a thing? Yes. Yeah. I mean the, the, the other thing it points out in this article is it's just amazing that after – you know, this, this, is a, this is an object hovering over an airport reminding everybody after 9-11 because this was – Barely five years after 9-11, which, I mean, airport security is still on high alert these days. But it's just one of those things, like, like I said, it was just so... And, and that's why I find it interesting, is there was multiple sightings. This is not something, like, no one else has come forward. There hasn't been some blow out of the water, you know, um, is is it left at... Left at um, the, the one for Rendlesham Forest, left at Eastgate or whatever it's called? There's there's some book that yeah. came out like that was yeah, like yeah. what really ha like there's not like basically the biggest stuff from this incident is from the initial report. There's nobody else that comes forward. I'm like that's why I find it interesting because there's no one trying to make money or no one trying to pub like go over the top. That's why I feel this one's more believable and one I want to talk about because it's such a it's a one off thing. It's in a very public area and nobody seems to care about it. See, but that's the other thing, though, too, right, is an airport is probably one of the most surveilled places in the United States mm -hmm. yeah. after 9-11. Yes. They, they, you know, they take pictures of your, you know, they take pictures of your bones. And I'm like, like it's, it's crazy, right? <laughs> so, you know, there, I think there is, that, and that's the other side of this. The skeptical side of this would say, you know, but okay, but no air traffic controller saw anything. No, um, none of the surveillance stuff picked up any photos or any any evidence that anything was there. 
You mean that the government hadn't taken and destroyed? <laughs> <laughs> right. That the smoking man didn't replace with clean footage. <laughs> and, you know, and there is, uh, and there are, there are thousands of people at this airport at any given time, and only twelve saw something. There, there are there are thousands of people there. Yeah. You know. In that same crowd of people, if we surveyed people and asked how many of them saw Elvis, <laughs> you know what I mean? That um, day, I'm sure we would have gotten 50. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, so, I, I, it, and again, it, those are frustrating arguments because, again, you have 12 people saying, well, I did see something, right? Yeah. But, you know, the, I don't know, man. People see weird stuff all, all the time again. And I think it's just a matter of when. I had I had someone at a UFO event um, when I was kind of more involved in this stuff than I am now, uh, publicly, I guess. I had a person tell me their story, and her story basically was she was driving down a highway, and it was rush hour near where, we, where I lived at the time in Minneapolis-St. Paul. So, uh, you know, the Minneapolis, that area is like, the best for looking at the sky. I mean, it's just, there's nothing, you know what I mean? There's a couple of tall buildings, but really, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like for us on the kind of more coastal areas, you don't, you know, the sky takes up, you know, 85% of your vision out in the Midwest. And so we're there. She was on the highway. She was driving and a bright orange, ball came and hovered above the highway Mm. and then sort of flew away. And as she's looking at this thing, she's looking around at other cars to see if anybody else sees anything. And no one else seems to even recognize that this object was there. That would frustrate me. Mm -hmm. Now, is that somebody, is that, is that this person having a, yeah, I don't know. A, 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 their eye pressure spiked, and so they're seeing a bright object, and you know, or they're hallucinating, or you know, whatever, right? Like stuff, stuff like that is fairly. Uh, I don't know about the eyeball thing, but like, like mini hallucinations are fairly common, actually. Like, your brain is always trying to process what you see isn't what you see. What you see is what your brain tells you you're seeing. So, like, you know hallucinations and errors and stuff like that. Like we think of them as being, you know, you hallucinate, you go to the mental ward or whatever. So no, you, you hallucinate like all the time. You just don't realize that that's what's happening. And you're another thing your brain is really good at doing is blocking out noise, you know? Um, so again, like if you're driving, how likely are you even to recall a specific car you saw? Probably not very likely. See, I'm thinking you know, about I can't even, you know, I can't even really recall the last time in any vivid detail. I can't recall in any vivid detail the last time I drove my car, which was yesterday. <laughs> you know, because again, <laughs> it becomes routine. It's just something that you do and your brain, you know, turns it off because it doesn't need that information, right? It's like it's like excess storage. So people on a highway or even people in an airport or whatever tuning off something a little bit weird that they see. Maybe that's what's happening there too. So I, you know, I, yeah, I don't know, man. It's hard. It's frustrating. It definitely though was not. I mean, 
Weather phenomena doesn't make any damn sense. Nope. <laughs> That's all I can say for sure. Nope. I mean, it's, it's right up there with swamp gas. Uh, yeah. Eric, what do you got for us? So this one's not so much, and I brought it up, and I actually mentioned it already in the episode, and it's not so much a sighting, but a, a famous incident, and that is the abduction of Betty and Bernie Hill. Ah, uh, yes. I have always been fascinated. I remember when I was a kid, when I was like really, really into like UFOs and stuff like that, um, I remember running a video from the library, and it was all about UFOs and stuff, and they interviewed Betty Hill, because Barney Hill had passed away at that point, but then they actually had the tapes of their hypnosis sessions and the drawings that she did under hypnosis and everything like that. And it's really creepy. It's really creepy. Whether this whole thing is just completely them acting and playing it up. doesn't matter. The fact that there's even that hint that it could be real. Um, just hearing them kind of going through their, their genuine terror as they're in their mind, you know, supposedly reliving this abduction and having these things stuck in their navels and stuff like that. It's kind of terrifying. Like you can, get, I mean, you can easily go to YouTube and find these recordings and stuff like that. So, um, if anyone's listening and hasn't heard these before, like I, I definitely go in with like an open mind, just kind of being like, what if this actually happened? And like, listen to this. It's like it's it's very scary. Um, Eddie and Bernie Hill case yeah. is one of my favorites personally. Like you said, it is it is terrifying. The <laughs> Um, yeah, the recordings are the recordings and also the physical evidence that was there. I mean, you know, yeah, um, they have like B- Barney's shoes were scuffed up on the top mm-hmm. as if he was dragged. Yeah, just like he reported and remembered, Um, you know, they again, like later in her life, kind of Betty got a little wacky mm-hmm. and her her niece Kathleen Martin has turned the Hills case into kind of like a lifelong career and obsession but you know the original case is pretty pretty compelling I think still regardless I've driven the roads that they've that they were traveling on too because I, I live um I lived in New Hampshire. Uh, we hope to live in New Hampshire again someday. Mm-hmm. You know, I live in Massachusetts now. We always visit New Hampshire, like, at least twice a month. Um, and those roads at night can get real dark and real weird and real real kind of spooky. Yeah. If you don't know where you're going, especially back in the day. Like, they're, they're spooky today and dark. I can only imagine they were like back in the uh, – back when they had their experience. Right. And the the skeptical arguments for their for what happened to them are also pretty weak. I think you know one of them is that one of them is that they saw a was it the Outer Limits? Oh, the Outer Limits did a TV show on this. Did an episode on this. Yeah. So well, so okay. So one of the skeptical arguments is they claim that they had never and they never had any any they had never had any experience or exposure to anything ufo or alien related but that was completely untrue betty's sister claimed to have seen a ufo that's kathleen martin's mother Mm. um you know barney um and betty watched the outer limits which had episodes about aliens that looked strikingly similar to the ones that they supposedly saw so these were people and also it was just in the it was in the cultural milieu it's like saying you know i've never heard of tupac 
Right. <laughs> like, you, you know, what? <laughs> you know, you claim to have seen Tupac at the mall, and then you're like, I didn't even know it was Tupac. I thought it was just some other guy that I reported for some reason. <laughs> you know, don't, don't check into that at all, please. Um, on the other hand, though, the so a, a, a very weak part of the skeptical argument for this case is they claim that the object they saw when it was, you know, it, it kind of landed, they claim that what they saw was a a big, like an orange circular sign that was on the highway at the time. Mm-hmm. And that they just kind of, in their mania, in their sleep-deprived mania, they mistook it for an object. And so they freaked out and they pulled over and then they fell asleep. Something like that, right? That's kind of the argument. Right. Another argument is that they they were stopped by uh, construction workers, but again, were in like a sleep-deprived manic state, and so freaked out and thought again that this was like a de- you know danger to them or whatever. So, so, so the skeptical conclusion to this is they yes anded themselves into oblivion. Essentially, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that they, that, yeah, yeah. Essentially, like it's too. You know that there's that there's that Simpsons episode where Marge is like a gambling addict. Yeah. <laughs> and um Lisa comes into Homer's room and is like, Dad, I don't, you know, I don't want to scare you, but I think there's a boogeyman in my closet. <laughs> and he like wait he gets up and he's like, Oh, Lisa, grab Maggie, lock the door. And he gets his shotgun and then he goes to the Bart's room and he's like, Bart, I don't mean to scare you, but there may or may not be boogeymen or men in this house right now. And so Bart screams and they run in the room. And when when Marge gets home, it's like daytime, early morning, and they're huddled behind like a barricade with Homer's shotgun pointed at Marge. You know, it like if someone in an authority figure or someone who you go to and trust <laughs> Is saying like, yeah, I'm seeing weird shit too. It just it ramps up, you know, really easily. It ramps up too. You don't realize how easily it ramps up. I mean, so, uh, so I mean, maybe right, maybe that's what happened. But again, it's a lot of yes ending. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, oh, like very it, much. Very it much. It feels so. like if you listen to the hypnosis <laughs> tapes too, and hypnosis today, hypnosis today is different than what it was like when they had hypnosis. Sure. They were being hypnotized by a psychologist, you know, by a doctor. They're not going to some, you know, your aunt's friend's basement for her to hypnotize <laughs> you to remember if you were Cleopatra or not. You know, but I was um, hypnosis at the time was considered to be uh, actual medical uh, science, you know, the actually therapeutic as opposed to today where it's viewed as being a way to really easily introduce false memories into somebody. So, um, you know, I think it's still very compelling, though, their story. I, you know, it, it has a lot of elements that. Again, today, we would dismiss as just being part of the UFO lore. At the time, it wasn't. These were brand new for them, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. especially hearing Betty say navel. Oh, God, scary. Uh, yeah. The navel. I could say, yeah. My mm-hmm. navel. Yeah, it's it's drawn out. I can, that's, yeah. that's, again, that's from, you know, I saw that. T- I first heard it 30 years ago, and I've heard it a lot since then, but I can still remember as a kid hearing that and, like, 
freaking the hell out and being like, all right, I got to pause this. Cause like our, our, our family room was like in a basement. So it was like, like a finished basement. So it was like at night I was watching this and it was one of those, it was the whole, <laughs> I need to turn on like all the lights before yeah, I you... turn all the lights off downstairs, but <laughs> then come upstairs. I, like for it, me, oh. for me, the part of the tape that really affected me as a kid was the Barney going like the eyes, those yes. eyes mm-hmm. staring into my eyes and it's like mm-hmm. oh my god yep. dude it's so scary yep. but the, the best way to the best way to make that not scary anymore i have found is to actually listen to the uh stanton friedman and kathleen martin div- do do a like a lecture on the case mm-hmm. and um and actually, last podcast covers this a lot because yep. it's just it's. So, I know exactly where you're going too. It with this. ruins it so much, dude. The entire time they keep going back to this one skeptic who said that there was, this was just like them going to the grocery store, you know. And so every time that you know Betty's like my navel, they'll pause it, and Stanton Freeman will be like, just like a trip to the grocery store, huh, asshole? <laughs> no, it's, an asshole. It's, like, it's like, dude, shut up! Like this is so it's compelling on its own. We don't need you getting in with like, right. skeptics are dumb. Or, you know, whatever. As much as I like Stanton Friedman. Yeah. Not a good presentation. I, I knew exactly the, the second you said, if you want, I was like, I know exactly where you're going with this. Dude, it, ru- it ruins it completely. Yeah. Um. Mm. So what about you, Chris? Um. You with, with the vast labyrinthian knowledge of UFO sightings, which one would you like to bring forth today for us? You know, my, my favorite ones are the ones that don't, aren't really famous that are, just sort of my favorite ones are the ones that are just sort of people have written. If you go to any UFO event, you're going to find a lot of people who have written essentially like self published pamphlets or have word docs or whatever on their stories or are ready to give you their stories. And for me, my favorite, my favorite stories are those ones that are uh, that are you know not they're not the ones that you get out in the in the public space and so one that I'll I don't think I'll ever forget was this I was at a um I was at a UFO event in a um it was at a specific event for people who had uh, abduction experiences and uh, a a person got up and was already sort of like shaking and very uncomfortable being there, I think. And just told us about how he kept having dreams where he was being kind of operate, you know, not really operated on, but just sort of like tested on, you know, and he was, he was being kind of pulled out of his, out of his room at night. There was like a, a beam, or not really a beam, but like a flash of light, and then he would be someplace else. And just again, it's it's his story wasn't even very cohesive. He just was kind of explaining that these things that happened to him. He thought, or he he didn't really know what was going on. And then he went to hypnosis, and it all kind of cohesed. You know, it got cohesive for him suddenly into one narrative. And now he had to, he was saying basically at this event, he had to deal with the fact that he was potentially being targeted by something and so was the rest of his family. 
And the reason that this stuck with me, I think, two reasons. Number one, that guy was really, really scared. That guy was legitimately frightened. And I don't, you know, I don't think that there's... I, I don't think that there is a universe where that guy's feeling of danger could be faked. That If that guy was faking that, he deserves a, an Oscar. You know, the, mo the most scared I've ever felt somebody was ever telling me something, you know, and he wasn't even directly telling me. He was telling, he's telling a room full of people. On the other hand, though, the parts of the story that were really concerning were he went to hypnosis to someone's basement again or garage or whatever. And now the story made sense with stuff that they added in. Mm. For me, UFO, the reason that as a kind of a more skeptical person, I think this subject's interesting. And the reason I like these stories um. And the reason why I think it's important for skeptics and people to push back against bullshit stories and, and stuff like this is that guy was that guy first off was hurt before when he had his ex whatever the experience was. He was traumatized. But then he was further traumatized by whoever did the hypnosis on him. Yeah. Some like. You know, it's like it's like Island of Dr. Moreau shit, man. It's like um, you have these these untrained people just sticking around in your brain, rearranging crap, you know, and messing with your memories and stuff like that. That is that is actually scary. That's like everyday real evil scary. And now this guy. Has to live the rest of his life with these duct taped together experiences and memories and pr he'll probably become a regular on the UFO circuit. Mm -hmm. He's probably going to go to all these conferences now to try to get answers. And you know, that original wound is just going to be opened again and again and again. So for me, like, yeah, the UFO experiences are scary. The scarier part are all of the people doing real evil things because they are too proud or too, I don't know, to take a step back and say, wait a second, should I really be doing hypnosis on strangers that I don't know? Do I really know that they're, that aliens are communicating with me? Do I really know that, um, you know, that the government is hiding secrets. That stuff really happens, and it's it's really scary. It is. I'm a downer, guys. I'm sorry. No, no, it's it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> like, like I, I wanted to have you on for a reason. Everything. I mean, not to bring the room down, but um, no. I mean, you, 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 you have an experience that neither me nor Eric has. That's why it's an interesting um thing to bring you on is because you've been at conferences like this. You've been the person sitting, having these people come up and talk at you as part of groups and stuff. So that's why I find it interesting to, to bring your insight and everything. Like I said, I find it very interesting on your opinion of that stuff and all these like incidents that you've been talked to about. Because like I said, 
the ones I get my hands on are ones that have been filtered through, you know, I normally hear my stuff through like YouTube channels that actually are like verified YouTube channels, not like they have two videos and I'm watching, you know, that it's something more in depth or it's something, as I said, UFO hunters or something that's more solid. Whereas you get like the ground level, like, I, I guess if I'm going to make a terrible analogy, you're, you're, you're getting like the organic, like non GMO UFO stories. You're, you're, you're getting it right at the be right, right, right at the like source. Right from the cow's udder. Exactly. And, and, and I mean, that's, um, that's, that's, that's yeah. the thing I find real interesting is you've got this, 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 this insight that I'm like, that's what I wanted you to have on for these discussions. Cause I was like, I wonder what ones he's going to bring. So there are, so there are actually a lot of, there are, so one, another one I'll say, I guess. And this one, again, was... This actually, I think, was a good... A case of people doing the right thing, actually. Uh, we had a guy in a local uh, local UFO group came in and said, Listen, I think, I'm, I think I'm being followed by something in the sky. And I can't really explain it. But so what's been happening is I, you know, I work late nights. I'm a truck driver. When I'm on the way home at night, Sometimes, not a, not a, like a big rig trucker, but like a delivery driver, you know, like a cargo van delivery driver. Yeah. And sometimes when I come home at night, I will notice in the same spot of my neighborhood. So, you know, I'm like, I'm, you know, maybe like a mile away from home. I'll turn down this one road and out of the darkness, a orange glowing light will appear. And it will hover sort of close to my car, but like up in the sky, but still clearly within eyesight of me. Like I can see it on my, on my windows and everything else. And for the last couple of nights, it's disappeared by the time I turn into my road to go home. So I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't know, 100 yards, 200 yards from home or less than a 200, you know, whatever. I'm like a couple blocks away from home. I'll turn down the avenue to get to my actual house. The thing will go away at that point. But I've noticed, and this has been going on for, let's say, like a month or two. I noticed recently that whatever this thing is has started to seemingly get closer to my car. And not only that, I've started noticing it at night out of my window, too. That whatever these things are, these are these orange things are, they're now hovering within eyesight of my house. And anyone I ask about says they haven't seen them. Like I ask people at work. I even, you know, he's like I asked other delivery drivers in the area, people that are running the shops that I'm offloading stuff to. No one else seems to have seen these things. So I don't know, like what I don't know what the deal is. So I came so I came to you guys to see if you could help me investigate these because I know that this is sort of the group that does this. So a couple nights later, still following him every night, whatever, he comes back and he's like, look, I got a video of them now. And there seem to be like three of them now. Now there's more of them. They kind of pop up. Um, they seem to pop up and then they seem to come together and they pop up and they come together and whatever. And so... Um, 
he, you know, he shows it to people, whatever. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And people are like, well, okay, maybe we'll, we'll investigate this, whatever. Comes back again. This time saying he brought his wife and his daughter with him. So they could all see the stuff. And they all saw them and his daughter started getting freaked out and scared and whatever. And he's freaking out and, you know, all this is scary and whatever. And so basically he's like, you know, I need, like, you know, this guy's freaking out, right? This guy's thinking something is coming for him and his family. Because um, clearly they're the only people that see it, you know? So I don't, I don't hear anything else about this. Um, the story is just sort of brought to this local group of people. And I only see this guy really one time, you know, and a couple of like, like a half a year later, I'm having lunch with somebody who's doing these investigations. And I ask, well, whatever happened to that guy that had the orange balls following him home? Turns out that guy was having a, a psychotic break. Oh, basically. Mm. and what he was seeing were airplanes at a local airstrip that he uh, gave meaning to, you know, he gave meaning to, but again, that like that story is really scary. That story is really compelling to me. And the ending like, thank God the people that were investigating this guy's case were ethical yeah. and, and good, you know, and and they they got him, you know, they basically said to him, you know, look, we think that these are probably airplanes. Um, we think you should probably talk to, you know, a therapist we have kind of for these sorts of things, you know, um, who, who you know, is, is a specialist in these kind of events or whatever sort of traumas. That's crazy. If that guy had gone someplace else, again, we'd be seeing him on UFO Hunters. You know what I mean? We'd be we'd be hearing his story at at, at UFO conventions. Yeah. Um. And again, like you said, you just yes and it until it gets until it gets bad. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's that one's crazy because that also reminds me. I'm not trying to go down this rabbit hole, and I cannot remember his name right now. The one that basically got um moon not moonlighted. Is it moonlighted? Um, Benowitz? Ga- yeah, gaslighted by by the government. Or by someone in the government. Yeah, it's Benowitz. It's the one who basically was told, oh yeah, you're definitely seeing something. You know, keep reporting was, to me. And, right, and he was, what he was seeing actually was early efforts at making drones. <laughs> <laughs> um, it all comes around. it all back to the beginning here. Synchronicity. Yeah, dude terrifying the the human mind is terrifying humans are terrifying we should all like i've said on the on my podcast many many times we should all live alone in the woods it's the only way to be safe except for from like bears and stuff oh but bears are just a myth um uh on that note eric do you have any more questions for chris i mean i i know we probably both have plenty but is there anything you want to ask him real quick before we wrap it up I can't think of anything else. I think we've, I've, it's been very fascinating hearing you talk about this, uh, and just kind of, um, giving your expertise in this. Um, and it's, and it's cool to go in and, you know, think about it in these 
other terms like the whole like oh you know there's this guy at the faa and he doesn't want to be ridiculed or whatever so you know it's, it's interesting to think of it from the other side you know where i think we're so quick to always think of oh it's the government the media the government and the media trying to just keep this from us but really it's people just trying to just live their, live their life. life and yeah. move past it but still though it does make you wonder you know what is out there what's going to be revealed next what what is when is the big thing going to happen you know when is when is that thing going to happen where aliens finally decide okay cool you know what we're just going to land in the middle of downtown new york where no one can possibly avoid this so yeah i don't know it's interesting but i can't think of any other questions but i'm sure i'll think of plenty more because this is a fascinating subject and i could talk about it or listen to people talk about it anything like that for for hours on end uh, the, the, the one more thing I just want to say is, and this is something that always comes to my mind, I've never reported my sighting to like MUFON or any of those networks. And Eric, I'm sure you've never reported yours as well. I have not. And it just is one of those things that makes me think how many other people might have something 10 times crazier than we've ever heard and just have never spoken about it. Or just keep so, to themselves. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Because, I mean, the reason I never reported it, because like I said, by the time I st- actually started thinking about it, it was like, it's probably just a meteor. I'd be wasting people's time filling this out or doing this. So, yeah. and that's the thing. I, I, I know as, as someone who worked in that or is familiar with that, I'm sure you're probably like, why didn't you just do it? <laughs> but Well, no, I mean, I to listen, I totally get why you wouldn't. It's really hard. The one... <sighs> You know, it's really hard to, like, I would not report my sighting to MUFON because I think MUFON is like a toxic organization that needs to die. But, hey you know, hey <laughs> uh, there, but there are, um, there are places you can report sightings um, still today. You know, the local MUFON chapters are usually really good, actually. It's just the overall MUFON organization is pretty corrupt and and bad. And also, just even telling your story online, like on Reddit or wherever, that can also be really interesting. um, Because people look at those and and will reach out, potentially, if they're in the area, you know. Um, I think, though, that uh, the kind of age where people... You know, UFO people like to think that, like, the age of ridicule is over, but, like, I don't think that's true in one bit. I mean, you know, if anything, like, these recent events and everything else have made, uh, well, I don't know. It's, I understand why people would be hesitant to put it forward. Um, And it's, you know, I didn't, I mean, I didn't really talk about mine until, you know, until adulthood. So, you know, I, I mean, I get it. I get it. It's hard. I don't know. I mean, I've I, I submitted mine way back in the day to Monsters Among Us, Derek Hayes' podcast, but I did it anonymously because it right. was one of those things. I'm like, I'll talk about, <laughs> but now I'm more comfortable with it because I'm like, just I'm like, it's like I said, it's 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 the response that makes my story weird, not the thing I saw. And yeah, you know, it's it's funny too for us. I think like I kind of figure if listen, the main reason I wouldn't put something like this out there is because I'd be afraid for like my career, like people thinking I'm weird. Yeah. People can Google me and already find all my you you know all my podcast stuff and whatever. So it's like if that's the thing that puts them over the edge, whatever. Yeah, wasn't gonna <laughs> Wait, he, he might have saw a UFO. Get him out of here. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, like they're, you know, if it wasn't like the I don't know. 
If it wasn't the uh, any of the episodes of the podcast, I think I've, I've already lost them, so it's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, sir, speaking of which, where can people find more from you if they want to hear more of your exploits and your stuff on the interwebs? Yeah, our our show is called The Mad Scientist Podcast. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play, you know, all, all of the podcast places. We are available on all of those. You can also find us on Twitter at Mad Scientist Pod and on Twitch, actually, at Mad Scientist Cogswell. Yeah, uh, you've been playing some stuff, man. I have been. I was just recently playing Casper for PlayStation 1. Oof. It's <laughs> weird. That game's really hard. <laughs> when movie tying like impossibly games hard. Like, they don't tell you anything. You just end up with a key, and it's like, good luck, ghost. <laughs> Why can't I go through walls? I'm a ghost. It doesn't make any sense. Anyways been playing games there and uh yeah and you can always reach out to us at the mad scientist podcast at gmail.com if you have a scary story or if you'd want to see an episode done where we delve into kind of the science and again sort of the more hopeful uh positive skeptical side of these things awesome eric where can people find more from you you can find me on your favorite social media platforms at eric berg and at backwalkberg all right, awesome. And, of course, you can find Zygnus wherever you find great podcasts. And we'll be back next week with another spooky episode as Zingtober continues. And, yes, I am currently debating with another podcast over the rights to that name, and I think we all know which one it is. Yeah, got you, David. All right, talk to you later, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I mean hold on I'm gonna wait for this airplane to fly away because <laughs> it's loud quote unquote airplane, airplane. you ruined the show